Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Brand. Today we are speaking with Raven, who is the owner of Legendary Roots. If you haven't heard of Legendary Roots, I'd like to introduce you. It is one of my favorite fashion and accessory websites. I'd like you to unlock your phone right now and visit Raven's site. That's Legendary Roots with a Z, not an S. Go ahead and feast your eyes on black beauty. Through clothing, accessories, and even phone wallpapers, Raven spreads positivity throughout the black and brown community in a way that can only be described as black girl magic. Raven, can you tell us a little more about yourself? <laughs> okay, awesome. So um, my name is Raven Nicole. I am from Phoenix, Arizona. I was born and raised here. Um, I went to school for biochemistry. Um, wow. whenever I, yeah, whenever I tell people my major or like what I graduated with, they're like, what? How does that connect? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm also a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. That's um, amazing. Thank you so much. I started my company um, when I was attending Arizona State University. Um, I was in the honors college and I didn't really see people who look like me who um, could understand the things that I was going through besides a few people on that were on my floor who we just all happened to live on the same floor. It was really crazy. Um, and so I just started it just because I felt like I really didn't have a voice at my university and um, Legendary Roots kind of gave me that platform to speak about the things that I found important. I really love that. And I'm sure a lot of our college listeners can relate. I know. I was in college, I could relate. It's like you have your dorm mates and your people you go to class with, but you really want some people that are your family, your close, right. close friends. Exactly. Um, so it really reflects in your designs that life kind of imitates art and vice versa. So how did life and college life really inspire you to start designing and start speaking out? Um, so freshman year of high school, it actually started, yeah, it started freshman year of high school. Um, I had skipped the day of school <laughs> to yeah. go with my mom to the salon and, um, she had finished up and her beauty, um, her hair, beauty, whatever, what's the word? I don't know the word right now, but hair her, salon. yeah, her, the person who was doing her hair came over and she was like, Hey, um, your mom was telling me that she wanted to cut your hair. <laughs> and I was like, and I had been asking my mom for months to do it just because like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so um, I got in her chair, she chopped it off, and I literally felt like a new person. Um, I felt like that was the first time I had really, like, woken up, because I always really, like, knew myself and knew myself not only as um, Raven, but also as a Black woman. But that was just, like, a whole different, like, sphere of a person, you know? Absolutely. um, So I didn't tell anyone. I I went to school, and everyone freaked out. Like, literally everyone. And they're like, oh, my God, like, oh, my God, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think at that point, that was when I stopped caring about, you know, other people's opinions or what other people have to say, because it was me, you know, I was going to make the decision for myself. Um, and so when I got to college, I was that same way. I was super pro-black. <laughs> like, <laughs> Arizona State is a very, a very predominantly white institution. And um, just being on campus, I didn't even really, it didn't bother me because I was so secure my blackness at that point that I was like oh I'm gonna do what I want when I want and how I want mm-hmm. and so um yeah that definitely really helped me and I was also a part of a organization it's called Zaria 
and basically, like you said earlier, like how it was nice to have that family. Like at Zaria, we could talk about, you know, hair problems, class problems, um, anything that related to us as black women attended Arizona State University. And I really appreciated that organization. I absolutely love that. And your story truly resonates with me. I was the bald girl after my big chop <laughs> in high school. <laughs> and I know a few girls who went through the same. Um, and I know high school and college are especially challenging for young women, especially young black women. Um, I have a younger sister who's 17 going into college soon. And can you please give a message to her and to all the little girls out there about just surviving in a new environment. Okay, this is one thing that I have learned. I had to learn this early on, and it's been reiterated. I don't know if you know who Miley Till is, but she has this, um, she tweeted this thing, and it was like, basically, it's like, if someone has something to say about you, and they did not say it to you, then it was not said. And nine mm. times out of ten, when it comes to people, other people's opinions, and how they feel about you, or whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter because it's their own insecurities. So that my first thing would be to not care what other people think because people are going to form opinions whether you're doing something right or whether you're doing something wrong. And also, something that I've been learning recently is to speak power over yourself. To speak power mm. over even your insecurities. Everyone has insecurities. No matter what somebody says, <laughs> everybody has insecurities. And so whenever you are, um, whenever you want to kind of put yourself down or um, tear yourself down, always turn it into a positive. Like, let's say your hair is looking crazy one day. <laughs> Tell yourself, like, I love the fact that I can do whatever I want with my hair. I love the fact that my mm-hmm. hair has versatility versus saying, oh, my hair is just so matted or it's just looking so crazy, you know? And speaking yes. to words will encourage you to fall in love with your crazy hair. So when you see mm. your crazy hair, you don't see it as something bad. You just see it as something that is. I really do love that. I mean, just speaking over yourself and over your insecurities. I mean, everyone has that little evil voice inside yes. of them that wants to say something horrible. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> So it's it. good to have the nice voice. Yes, I, it's crazy, though, because you don't even realize it because it's in your subconscious. You don't realize mm-hmm. the things that you're telling yourself. Even, like, um, I feel like the like 2018, it was weird. It was kind of a year of fear for me. Even though really big things were happening for me, it was a year of fear. And I realized I had to, like, you know, pull myself to the side. I had to sit myself down (laughs) and ask myself what was going on. And, like, during that discussion with myself, I realized that I was allowing myself to, like, kind of make me fearful of the future. When Mm, And it's crazy because it's just so important to have those, like, internal dialogues with yourself. Because when you sit down and you really talk to yourself, you understand that, a lot of the things that are happening in your life or a lot of the things that you're experiencing are your own doing. And when, Absolutely. You, when you take that power back to say, you know what? Yeah, it's crazy right now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to take a step back and breathe. Everything kind of starts to come into focus. Oh, absolutely. I completely relate. You know, uh, Bernie Mac used to say, I said self and self said, hmm. <laughs> you have to sit down and talk to yourself (laughs) it's so important and it's like I feel like it at first when I was doing it I felt crazy because I was like what are you doing (laughs) but then like I started to notice like changes and improvements and it was just like things were becoming easier and like I was I I think it's because you start to become honest with yourself I feel like oftentimes you kind of like try to hide you try to shelter yourself from feelings and emotions and everything that's going around you when if you're like more honest with yourself and you're being more real it'll be easier to navigate through life absolutely I completely relate and you know 
talking yourself through these large moments and these changing moments and your most fearful moments, especially you said last year in 2018, how have you done that as a business owner, not just improving yourself, but improving your business and everything around you? Um, So one thing that I noticed was that I was not putting in enough effort when it came to my business. Mm. Um, I was, you know, orders were going out. um, I was customer service was right. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I run my business myself. I don't have really any any employees. Um, Like I run everything myself. Sometimes I do get assistance from my family and my friends, but most of it is just me. Um, And one thing I had to realize is that if I want this to become a company that I am proud of, a company that not only is generating revenue, but also making a difference in this community, I have to, you know, become serious about it. And not that I wasn't necessarily serious, but I really wasn't pushing it to its full potential. And that's something that I had to have a discussion about because my actions were directly affecting that. Mm-hmm. Because eventually like, I want to be able to um, give out scholarships. I want to be able to have like hubs in the community for people, like kind of like outreach places where people don't have um, anywhere to go. I want like to create hubs, you know, in big, large cities for people to feel safe. Um, and if I'm not doing what I need to do with my business in terms of like my finances and just my operations, then I cannot reach those goals as well. Absolutely. I really love that. And I love seeing how you're planning for the future. And it, everyone says that, you know, it's just a clothing brand. It's just a clothing brand, but it's not about that. Mm-mm. It's about what you put into your community. And I know your designs have uplifted so many. So I know whatever you're planning for the future in terms of outreach is going to be powerful. Yeah, I'm, I'm more excited. It's crazy because I'm more excited about that than like, you know, because I have some pretty cool collections coming up, but I'm more excited about like being able to help the community than the collections. Like the collections are cute and they're fun. And um, I think they definitely start discussions, but I'm more excited about the things that I'm, I will be able to do once I reach those other goals. Absolutely. I'm really enjoying that. And um, some changes. You said you operate your brand on your own, which is honestly amazing because your social media pres- presence, what we see outwardly is massive. I cannot believe you do that on your <laughs> <Thank> own. You. <laughs> it's impressive. Um, so what are some major challenges you've overcome, especially as an entrepreneur, a black entrepreneur, you have much more obstacles than the average brand? Definitely. Um, one thing would be resources. Um, mm. I didn't realize until recently the amount of resource, resources there are for not only um, small businesses, but just entrepreneurs as a whole. Um, and that's one thing I took advantage of. Um, I actually joined um, a group of other entrepreneurs who are located worldwide. And just joining that group has allowed me to just open my eyes to the amount of resources that are available for example, like um, one of the challenges that I encountered, like like you said, I have a really um, big presence on social media. However, I when I was doing everything by myself, I would go from Instagram to Twitter to Pinterest <laughs> to sending out emails, blah, blah, blah. And I realized that I, well, I learned through these resources that you can batch task. So you can plan your Instagram out for the week. You can plan your tweets out for the week. You can plan your newsletters out for the week. And if you take an hour or two out of your day to sit there and batch task them, and then a lot of stuff is automation now. Like even on Instagram, I post my stuff myself, but there are services where you can literally upload your pictures, upload your captions and set a time and a date. And it, w- it will um, like automate, automate the post like by itself. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize if I would have known that, like, you know, when I first started my business, I would have been able to put more si- more time aside to do other things versus mm-hmm. trying to run and create a name for legendary roots. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a fashion blogger, so I'm aware of some of these apps where you can batch and produce more often but for the average person the average entrepreneur Mm -hmm. uh, that's not really something that they are aware of or know to have access to so how did you connect with other entrepreneurs and how did you find this information so what I did was I I was kind of behind the scenes for a long time like no Mm -hmm. one really knew besides my family and friends who was running legendary roots like Mm. who (laughs) like started it and everything like that and so I just, you know, I was like, I, I just have always enjoyed being in the background. And I was, and I had that internal dialogue with myself. And I said, if you want what you want, you're going to have to, you know, step a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And it's crazy because when you kind of um, get a little uncomfortable, that's when you start noticing some like life-changing um, changes occur. And that's mm-hmm. what I noticed. Like I decided to step outside of my comfort zone. And I was able to connect with other business owners and just create a group of people like who I can lean on. If I have a question, if I'm um, about to drop something, I can just send it to like the group chat and they'll let me know like, yeah, this is it. Or mm, I'm not really feeling this, you know? So I appreciate having that community of people who are able to assist in this journey as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. There is nothing more powerful than a strong, knowledgeable group chat. <laughs> Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about when you first started the brand? Um, what was your vision and okay. how does that match up right now? So I really didn't. <laughs> the thing is, to be honest, Legendary Roots started on accident. <laughs> um, I was so in high school, I was part of like many clubs, and but my main club was uh, student government. And I created um, a lot of our shirts for um, like our pride days and our classes and everything like that. And so I had a bit of knowledge on creating. I didn't really know, like, I knew how to design the shirt, but I didn't know how to make the shirt. (laughs) So um, I made a few uh, mock-ups with just like a t-shirt with some words on top of it. And um, I posted on Facebook and I was like, would anybody wear this? And people were like, yeah. (laughs) So I did a few um, like rounds of orders and I didn't really realize it was going to turn into this. Like, honestly, whenever people ask me, they're like, what? Why did you? And I'm like, it just happened, you know? (laughs) And I definitely owe it to God just because I feel like he placed that um, drive in me to, because I I often felt unheard and Legendary Roots has allowed me to have my voice heard without having to say so much you know um so yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) oh absolutely I mean a lot of your shirts I think I want to scream that from the mountaintops I need that shirt I need that design (laughs) I mean you are willing to say what may be considered controversial or too woke I think it's really important what you're speaking on um how do you feel so comfortable going out into the world especially the internet space Mm -hmm. speaking these uh what's considered controversial phrases. (laughs) I think just because I know that other Black women and men feel the same way. I -hmm. know that I can say something and hundreds and hundreds of people relate to me. And Mm. because I feel like oftentimes I believe that some people do not use their platform the way that they should use it in terms of having that. I feel like I have some visibility that if I say things, people understand and they can relate to it. 
And so I find mm-hmm. it so important to use my platform. Like I said, when I started Legendary Roots, I didn't start it to get followers or to make money. I just started it just because I wanted to say something. And now that the fact that I have this platform, I think it's so important to say the things that are important, even like I said, when it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. I mean, some people just aren't willing to speak up. So maybe their t-shirt can speak for them. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's one step closer to a lot of powerful things that we do need in the Black community. Um, I have probably told every friend and family member about your brand. And you're welcome. Absolutely. And uh, I've shown support in every way that I can. Um, I, how did you connect with family and friends to show you that support. I know a lot of entrepreneurs complain about the fact that some of their best supporters are their online best friends, but their next door neighbor would never buy from them. See, that's the thing. I feel like I didn't experience that. That's why I relate a lot of my success to God because I see like, you know, I see those posts on Twitter, on Instagram um, about like, oh, my family doesn't support me. My friends don't support me, but my friends and family have been down since the beginning of Legendary Roots. Like, all of my models are some of my best friends, or like, my cousins oh, or my man. sisters. Um, like, anyone who helps me with my business, um, it's fr- friends and family. So I never really had that issue. But mm-hmm. one thing that I have learned is that people will see what you're doing, and it'll touch something in them that makes them insecure mm-hmm. about the way that they're handling their business, whatever they're doing. And then that, I think, sometimes makes them not want to help or support but then you have to remember that you don't want those kind of people in your space anyways, mm-hmm. because their intention may be just to tear you down because they're insecure about the power that you have. Absolutely. And that's sometimes it's just not the type of energy you want around. Exactly. I mean, I've come to the conclusion that that's just not my market. That's just not my target right. my customer. <laughs> and it's crazy because even with me, like I, this year I realized that um, my target market is huge. Like, Mm -hmm. and for those people, because like you said earlier, like some people will see um, brands like myself and they're like, oh, that's just a t-shirt line. You know, they're just putting anything and everything on a t-shirt line. But for me, it's like, I remind myself of my purpose and my passion behind this. And that's what pushes me versus somebody or whoever not supporting me. That's, I don't find that important. I find the things important, being able to um, be an encouraging force. Like like you said, um, I've had people who have purchased from me before and they'll like DM me and say, oh my God, like my little sister saw your shirt or your notebook or your backpack and she just feels so heard and so seen. And that more than anything makes me feel like I'm on the right track. And that Absolutely. And is what reminds me of my passions and what, what really pushes me to keep going. Mm -hmm. that power really is important because you're not only speaking to young adults like myself in college but you're speaking to all age groups uh younger younger girls and men who don't know how to start a business or want to know more about graphic design or even uh you know social media management you're leading in not only being a designer and a clothing brand but in entrepreneurship all around you're really speaking out oh definitely and i'm I'm working on right now, like I said, I had been in the background a lot, but I'm working on creating a YouTube right now because I want to give everybody the information that I learned. Um, I feel like a lot of people right now, I don't have a problem with people um, like selling courses and teaching others how to, you know, do the game, but I don't like how the hustle is being sold right now. Mm. And so I'm working on starting a YouTube to give all that information out for free. 
mm-hmm. just because I was I had to struggle to find mm-hmm. the information. And I know that there are people, especially black people in this community, who want to, you know, do great things, but they can't because they don't have that knowledge and that information. So absolutely, I want to be able to be that voice, like just because I just think I feel like sometimes it's kind of unfair the knowledge that is being held from us. There are so many things that I had to learn myself or like, you know, go out of my way to figure out because people were not really as open with the information as they could have been. Absolutely. And I think people are uh, understandably protective of their business, but it doesn't hurt to share information and knowledge with another entrepreneur. There are so many people out here looking for information and something that you think comes easy to you needs to be taught to someone else. Right. Something as simple as promoting on Instagram or uh, sending out an email blast comes simple to me and you, people who have been in the industry, but It's like, how do you foreign territory? Right. (laughs) It is crazy because, um, so I was selected as five um, businesses to actually go and meet Jackie, Ina, and Dennis um, to pitch my business. And when I was talking to some of the entrepreneurs there, um, I was talking about my newsletters. And that's something I struggled with for a while just because I'm very, like, I'm low-key a perfectionist. (laughs) And Mm. if it doesn't look the way I envisioned, then I have to scrap it and start all over and I actually recently found a program where basically I can do what I want, how I want, export it, and enter it into my newsletters within, like, 10 minutes. And wow. yeah, I was able to just say, like, ex- the fact that I was able to give that is, like, I feel like other people should, you know, offer that same information as well. If you know that something that you're doing is going to help speed up your business and to help prioritize, prioritize your time somewhere else, why not do it? Absolutely. And I think it's important that you're that knowledge because a lot of the courses out here are get rich quick schemes yes. you know do this do that you'll make a million dollars right it's, it's <laughs> but so it's just annoying. not that easy <laughs> honestly it's just, it's frustrating just because I feel like so many people talk about that's why I appreciate people who are transparent in, in their journey as um, an entrepreneur there are so many black women, women I follow on social media that show the ins and outs of being a business not only the highlights um, and I appreciate women like that because those people who are saying, oh, you know, uh, seven steps to a seven figure income, they're not telling <laughs> you that they had a one million dollar investment into their business, you know. Mm. And so it's just frustrating because there is just creating um, a false reality of how owning a business is. Mm-hmm. So, and I think uh, entrepreneurs who take this seriously, mm-hmm. they don't want seven steps. They all they want all 120 right. steps, <laughs> <laughs> right? A phase one. Like I want a breakdown of everything you did, and if I can't have that, then don't sell it to me. Absolutely, and you know, not everyone's path is going to be the exact same. Correct. But we are so aware of the fact that knowledge is power. Knowledge it doesn't so, hurt oh to share. Gosh. Right. It's it's so powerful. Just being able to exchange information too. Like I said, like my group chat, I'll like text them something and then they'll text me something and I'll have it and they have it. And it's just, it's so nice to be able to lean on others who understand your journey as a business owner. Absolutely. I completely relate to that. Um, And I wanted you to really tell us how going forward, you plan to expand your brand and really branch out Okay. <laughs> so one thing, one collection I'm working on is the HBCU collection. Oh, wow. um, I 
have to get the uh, legalities together because mm-hmm. I created a few designs. However, I want to do business right, especially because I see myself doing really well in the future and I want to make sure everything is in line um, so that I'm protected and Legendary Roots is protected. So that's something I'm working on now. Um, I'm really passionate about that because not only does my little sister, she goes to uh, North Carolina A&T and mm-hmm. um, I just loved, like, that was my first time. Like, Arizona is not... Um, diverse in color (laughs) they're kind of (laughs) sprinkled all over and when I visited North Carolina I just felt so much like love you know so much like I was like am I at home like I just felt so much love so I just want to be able to take my designs and spread that love throughout the nation and I want to bring more because I don't think a lot of people know about um, historically black colleges and universities Um, I think that they are becoming um, more talked about but they're not always the first option and I want to be able to show the um the goodness of these HBC, HB, HBCUs that are worldwide. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I really think putting the brand out there and sharing information is such a big part. My uh, younger sister is headed to FAMU next Ooh, fall. So I have a, I already have some designs for FAMU. Oh, <laughs> like, perfect. I, am ready. Like, I have a list of, I, I so I posted um, like a mock-up of some design that I wanted to do. Um, and um, I got, I asked them because they're, it was just in cat. And they were like, what about the other HBCUs? What about um, NCCU? What about Morehouse? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I need y'all to come with y'all schools. Um, just because then I was able to kind of like do market research. I was able to see what kind of um, colleges, college students followed me. So I was able Absolutely. to narrow down that list. I have like maybe 30 or so schools just ready to like chalk it up. Even there are even some schools that are not necessarily HBCUs, but they have a large black population. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to create some stuff for them because I want everyone to feel that pride of not only um, being in college, but being at a historically black um, university. I really do love that. I mean, there's power in numbers and we know HBCU students, they stand for their university. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They do. It's like, and it's, I I didn't realize that because going to ASU, um, there is pride there. There's school pride, but it's different when you're repping like your school to the death mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I I was able to like see that when I went when I visited in cat with my little sister that's amazing how do you think um growing up in a predominantly white community influenced you um it actually I really wasn't affected because one I kind of traveled to a lot of schools so I was kind of in the melting pot so I was able to kind of experience a lot of different cultures. And also I attended a, a church that was mostly um, African-Americans. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, um, I always got that like little um that I needed as a black child growing up. However, when I went out into the world, like I said, when I started attending ASU, it was kind of like a reverse culture shock, if that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Where I was used to being around a lot of color and especially being a biochemistry um, major, I, every Black person, most of the Black people, or even the minorities that were in my classes, we were all friends. <laughs> because, you know, you walk into the class and you see a sea of um, people who don't look like you, and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, where are my people at? <laughs> and you kind of just, like, <laughs> migrate together. So it was definitely, like, a reverse culture shock. But I literally have had, I had the same friends from freshman year to senior year just because they were all you know we all like kind of lean on each other we had study groups so it was nice to have those people when it kind of felt like I was like not welcomed almost absolutely I mean I completely relate I went to a college where sometimes I did not see a single face that looked like 
me, myself, and I. Right. So I, I, I really do relate, and I'm sure so many. Um, you said you did your big job in high school. How was it going through that natural hair journey and also going through adolescence and the transition to college? I think at that point, I had stopped. Literally, when I say <laughs> I did not care what anybody thought. And so I think that was the reason why I did the big chop because Mm -hmm. me and my hair, um, I didn't really feel an attachment to my hair. I didn't feel like my hair made me more beautiful. I didn't feel like it, you know, taking, cutting it off took away my beauty. Um, It was just like, I just felt like that power inside of me when I did it because I was secure in my decision. So after that, I started low key. I started acting up more. (laughs) (laughs) because I knew nobody could tell me nothing like I was good and um I think I just really appreciated the um I'm so happy that in college I mean in high school was when like the natural hair movement started just because I feel like it helped to ease me into that decision absolutely I mean it was just blossoming as I was exiting high school and entering college and all my friends were giving me twist out tips and product recommendations (laughs) and it was just like this is my community and that's why I like loved my black my black friends in college because like they could all relate I think everyone was natural and so everybody like had that struggle of trying to figure out what we're doing with our hair like what's so what's the next style you know um (laughs) and I also love that even though we didn't have we had diversity so um some of my friends were mixed. Some of my friends were um, like from the African diaspora, um, especially because ASU has a lot of international students. So mm-hmm. I appreciated the fact that, um, and that's a, a, a thing I noticed is like, I think that when people think of African Americans and just black, the black culture as a whole, they kind of have this like kind of narrow boxed in image of what a black woman looks like in a black man. Absolutely. And being mm-hmm. in college, I was grateful to be able to see, like I said, um, girls who were mixed, um, those who are from um, different countries that are when the, not the United States, I appreciated having that, being able to have those dialogues and just hearing what other people thought and um, kind of learning from everyone. And that's where I kind of learned that just because you think something is right or just because you have a strong opinion does not mean that your opinion is the right opinion. I was able Absolutely. To, I was able to have just different discussions just because not that my parents raised me super pro-Black, but they always made sure that I love my black and that I was proud of being black. Um, Mm -hmm. And after attending um, Arizona State University, um, I met black women and men who didn't feel that way. But instead of taking a judgmental stance, I was able to understand why their mentality was that way and have those important discussions with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in that situation, they just need to be loved on. So (laughs) it's good that you were there. it's, It's crazy because... You could you could get all hard with them and get angry, but if you just take a step back outside of yourself, because you already know how you feel about things, like you are good. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you sit there and you realize what they're saying and the words they're saying, you're like, oh, they just don't realize, you know, blah blah blah. So, yeah, you can definitely see where their thought process is stemming from. Exactly. And- just being in a diverse com- community like that can be so powerful, and you learn so many lessons just by who you're around. Right. Uh, so, of course, the name Legendary Roots to me screams so many things. It has so many different meanings. Where did you come up with the name and what does it mean? <laughs> to be honest, like, I just came up with the name randomly. So when I first started, I don't even remember the name. I, I'd have to look for a screenshot, but the name had nothing to do with Black culture. Like, I I think, so growing up, I watched YouTube and I, I read blogs, but, you know, 
I didn't realize that there were a lot of black girls doing blogs and doing YouTube and mm. in that sphere just because of my like the availability of what was there for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think my first name, it was very trendy. Like it was super like cute and like pink and like, you know, that time frame. But I think I did Legendary Roots because I was talking to my older sister, Jazz, and I was like, I need something that stands for um, me stands for what I want, what I see for my future. And I always knew since I was like a kid that I was going to be legendary. Mm. <laughs> and um in high school, we always like whenever it came time to talk about civil rights and um slavery, it was kind of just like hazed over. Mm. And I wanted to like kind of pay homage to our ancestors who helped to root us into the place that we are now. And so I was just able to come up with that phrase with my sister, Legendary Roots. And I'm a little different. And I was like, I don't want to use an S. I'm going to use a Z. (laughs) And that's how Legendary Roots was born. (laughs) You know, I really love that. And I think that little twist with the Z, that gives what uh, most call the urban aspect. (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, this is owned by a Black woman. Right. Um, so you really seem to have a lot of family support and background support. Um, how did growing up, how did uh, in entrepreneurship really enter your life and how did your family influence that? Um, I feel like my family as a whole has been really blessed and favored. And growing up, I've always been, um, I don't know the word, like I've always been encouraged to do my best. Mm. I can't really say that there's ever been anyone. That's why it's kind of hard sometimes. And it hurts my heart when I hear people say like, oh, so-and-so told me that I wouldn't make it. So-and-so told me that this wasn't for me. Um, I've always had a really strong support system. And I thank God every day for that. Um, Even like, um, I kind of have like a photographic memory, (laughs) if that makes sense. So um, like, since I was younger, I always kind of caught on to concepts and subjects very easily. So I think that with that, people kind of saw that greatness in me. And so growing up, I really didn't realize like my greatness until I got to like the higher grades where I had to really kind of put in effort to understand that um, like the concepts that were being taught in school. And I think that's when I realized that like anything I want is mine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that support system, I I literally thank God every day because without them, I don't know where I would be or like what my mentality would be about myself and my knowledge and everything like that. Absolutely. And I really think in the black community, parents and and grandparents and aunts and uncles, they Mm -hmm. drive the fact that knowledge is power, not just knowledge through school, but knowledge through listening to your elders, listening to stories passed down from family. You learn so much from others' experiences Mm -hmm. and, of course, your own. Oh, yeah, that's one thing that um, I always remember is my dad would always tell us that there are consequences to every action. And um, that lesson being instilled into me so young is, I think, what really helped me to make the right decisions. Like, even when in college, like, um, I wouldn't say my, my, I mean, my high school, we were, it was a safe high school, but there were definitely opportunities for temptation um, going down the wrong path. And um, I always remembered that consequence line and knew that if I made the wrong decision, then I would have to take accountability for the position I put myself in. So that's Mm. something that I always remember whenever I would, you know, be tempted to be a little bad. (laughs) (laughs) I think they really prepared you to be so successful and responsible and aware of yourself in adult life. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to be aware of your actions and the consequences. I mean, 
you've seen people on social media kind of dig their brand into a hole. <laughs> yes, and it's it's crazy to me. And it's like the thing is, I understand how you got there, but it was like if you took a step back or paused or took a break and figured out really what you wanted, it would have helped you versus just going. I feel like people sometimes when they like encounter danger or when they encounter mess, instead of taking a break, they go head on head in. And I'm like, no, you got to sit back. You got to think about your actions and how it's going to affect you. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you have to put your brand first so many yes, times. Of course, you put yourself and your self-care first, but your right. brand always comes number one. Um, I know this is a personal question, but mm-hmm. a lot of people put money and profits ahead of the goal and the future of their brand how do you keep two feet ahead of that um for me um I like I said 2018 was a tough year for me just because there were a lot of changes happening like with Instagram and Twitter and um a lot of the social media is a big um director to my site And Mm -hmm. so with those changes, I kind of got discouraged because my money was acting funny. (laughs) (laughs) But then I, um, I actually like wanted to just stop legendary roots altogether just because I was like, this is not what I want. (laughs) But then I had to, like I said, sit myself down, have an internal dialogue with myself. And I wrote down the word passion. And Mm -hmm. um, have you ever like did a mind map before? I have, yes. (laughs) I just did a mind map of everything that I wanted for Legendary Roots in relation to my passion. And Mm. all of those things had nothing to do with money. And one thing I realized is that if I continue to follow my passion and like try to fulfill that passion, the money aspect will come with it. But that's not really what I want. And that's something that I had to have that discussion with myself about. Mm. I think that's very important. Of course, we know money is important to have a business going and keep going but Uh you have to know what the priorities are and you have a major future plan for your business so I'm I'm glad you seem to have a great head on your shoulder (laughs) thank you (laughs) okay um so we're on the topic of money it's taboo but we have to talk about it to move forward and to help others um how how do you find funding or how would you suggest uh, black entrepreneurs find funding and how, where do you think their starting point should be? I know some people say a certain number. Uh-huh. Um, for me, and that's the crazy thing. Um, Legendary Roots, I started it without a loan. <laughs> I, so I got a scholarship from ASU and I also got a scholarship from my church. And mm. so once everything was paid, I had about $20 left. <laughs> so I ordered like two samples and then I was able to like, I just made money from there. Um, so I never really had any experience with loans or investing. However, um, the Nortank um, opportunity was my first um, exposure to like pitching my business and mm-hmm. um, investing my business. And one of the businesses actually, um, their, their business is called No Cap. It's spelled like no, like knowledge, um, C-A-P-P. And um, the founder, his name is Gary, and he's all about giving resources to the Black community and entrepreneurs who are trying to find investments, who are trying to um, take their business to higher aspects. And so if you're in, if you're looking to expand your business in terms of um, investments, definitely look into his company. Um, I have no knowledge about that. <laughs> Just because honestly, like I said, like I did not even like truly know um, that there were people out here giving people money for their businesses, like investing in businesses. Like I did not know that, um, to be honest. And um, however, now that I know that I've been just doing my research, there are definitely 
Um, there are a lot of investment firms out here who are um, specifically looking at people of color um, owned operations. Mm-hmm. Um, one one um, fund that I've been looking at is the New Voices Fund. I think that is, um, I think that's operated by the mm-hmm. owner of Shea Moistures, if I'm oh. Not mistaken, but they just recently, um, South by Southwest, you know, the convention, um, yeah. they recently get, gave out a few um, lump sums of money to Black-owned women-operated businesses. So there are resources out there. Just get on Google. Google is my best friend. If I don't know something, if I'm struggling with something, if I'm trying to figure something out, I'll Google the phrase and then retype it and refigure out what exactly I'm trying to find. So Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much for being so willing and open to share that information. I know money is such a taboo topic, but it makes the world go round right. if you it, want to start a business. That's it really what it takes. Is. But I just feel like it's important to have those discussions because even for me, like I had to sit down with myself and look at my finances um, and kind of, I didn't really understand dictating where like a budget and that's mm-hmm. something that I've been doing and it's just helped me so much to run and operate my business in a smooth and more efficient way. Absolutely. And um, I really think it takes a lot of bravery to jump into a business, navigating not only your journey into early adult life, but also into adult life as a business owner. Right. And it, it's There's so many people who are looking to do the same exact thing you're doing or who are struggling to do what you're doing. And by sharing this information and by sharing the resources, uh, we are taking 10 steps forward for our entire community. Amen. Um, I really have been going over your site and the aesthetic quality, the colors and the prints that you use obviously are meant to highlight and, uh, you know, promote melanin skin. I see some Mm -hmm. African tribal prints on here. Of course, my favorites, yellow and orange. Uh, (laughs) How do you go about choosing what designs make it to the website and what really get out to the public? So I kind of have like a board, which is like <laughs> my sisters, um, my, some of my best friends. Um, and I basically will formulate a, a collection on my head. I like wrote down, like I said, I've been trying to get my operations in order. So whenever mm. I design a collection, the first thing I do is I get inspiration. What inspires me? Like, let's say I'm on Instagram. I see a picture of a beautiful woman with an Afro and she has like um, some African attire on. I'll take a screenshot of that and put that on my mood board just to, Mm -hmm. because that inspired me. That made me stop and say, wow, I love this. Um, And then from there, I do some drafts of designs. Um, I'll choose a color palette based on what kind of feel I want, because I don't think a lot of people know this, but different colors have different emotions attached to them. Mm, And so I'll, um, you know, what kind of vibe, the vibe, the vibe is the word that I always look at when I'm making a collection. What kind of vibe mm-hmm. am I trying to give from this collection? Um, and so from then, I will, you know, do some mock-ups with my design, send them to my board, um, and they'll be like, yes or no. <laughs> and I appreciate them because they're honest. Like, if it's something that's not it, they'll be like, no, uh-uh, cut it out. But nine times out of ten, they'll, um, they'll tell me that they like it or they'll give me suggestions. And then from there, um, I'll get samples, plan a photo shoot, and then launch it. <laughs> and that's the collection process. <laughs> I love that. I mean, you keep it straightforward. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I have to, even like, that's one thing I realized is like, um, for example, when I do my batch task, I'll do, um, I'll plan my layout. I'll um, 
design it. I'll send a test email to my board and then I'll send it out. I feel like it's Mm -hmm. so important to list all your steps because when you do that, you're not kind of like, oh, what's next? You know what's next because you just planned it. Mm. I like that. And I really think you're really setting yourself up for larger expansion because you said right now it's all you and, and your family and your board, but uh, you're growing and growing. I know it's gonna, it's gonna get a little bigger pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm at first I was a little scared, but you know when that feeling of just everything is just lining up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because, like I said in November, I like wanted to just stop my business. I was just mm. not really encouraged anymore with it. And my boyfriend was like, you know what? Take a step back. He was like, just take a break. We like went to eat. We went to go do some fun stuff and just chill. Like mm-hmm. nothing legendary roots. And he was like, you need to figure out what you want to do, how you want to take this. And um, I just, obviously, I decided to continue. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I um, I had been working. Something I, something was telling me to get my operations in order. They're like, mm-hmm. you need to have a flow and a process to every single thing that Legendary Roots is involved in. And um, I just slowly started, like, formulating things and getting things, everything in order. And I truly feel like expansion and, like, it's going to happen soon. And I thank God that I'm ready for that just because I, I don't know what I would have done if it would have happened like right now or like before November and I wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch TV shows like Shark Tank mm-hmm. and, and investment shows like that. And they'll say our biggest problem is expansion that we weren't prepared to handle. Right. We don't have the factory or the scale or the, the production materials. So it's amazing that you're taking those steps before it becomes an issue. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and you obviously have a great support group, um, a, a boyfriend who's there for you, a sister, family. I mean, yes, that's blessed. amazing. <laughs> really, truly. <laughs> but I think another thing is I am very selective about the people I keep around me. And mm-hmm. I think that some people have a heart. I'm a Capricorn, <laughs> so I'm all about business. I'm very blunt, but mm. um, I find it important to only keep people around me who are supporting me and support doesn't always is not always financial it's that emotional support like I can I know that if I'm stressed I can call my girl Grace and I can tell her and she'll sit there and let me freak out and then like talk me off the cliff (laughs) I know that (laughs) I have those people who are there for me and who actually care about not only my success but my well-being absolutely and I love that because although you are a business owner, uh, you have people who know when to say, okay, it's time to shut down all legendary roots for the night. <laughs> <laughs> you turn your phone off, you turn your laptop yes, off, you yes. just relax. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I mean, and I, you know, I fought it. Just me being the person I am. I was like, no. But then I was like, you know what? That sounds nice. I'll do it. Let's, I'll just <laughs> test it out. If it, if it works, then I'll do it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I actually work around a, a few entrepreneurs myself who have a, that what they call blackout time, mm. even if it's 15 minutes, an hour a day or every couple of weeks, just time to step away from the business and just have your me time. Yes, I love that. that I'm about to add that to my schedule right now, blackout time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's obviously important to you to be in a healthy uh, mental health space mm-hmm. and, and to just have your surroundings be healthy to you. Um, how do you create that space and, and why is it so important to you? So um, I feel like it's so important because if you don't have that mental peace, regardless of whatever you're ever, whatever else you're doing, you will not be able to get it done correctly, mm. t- efficiently. Time is of the essence. <laughs> and that's something that I'm learning. And if you're not, you know, on top of that, with in regards to your mental health, you won't really be able to get what you want done. 
Um, and I just, like you said, that blackout time, I really didn't have it written down, but that's what I do. I'll take time to just, um, in the morning is where I have that time. I have a whole morning routine. It's like two hours, <laughs> but I had the time to do it. So, um, I wake up, I, um, say a prayer, I get myself together. Um, sometimes I'll do a mask just because I've been waking up really dry. <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. <laughs> so the Neutrogena mask, I'll throw one of those on before I get in the shower. I'll get dressed. Even though I work from home, um, mm-hmm. I'll get dressed. And that's something that I noticed. Getting dressed already just makes me feel much better just because I feel ready for whatever comes my way. If I need to leave the house, if I need to um, do a Skype interview, if I, I'm just ready, you know? Yes. And before I used to not, like I would have my PJs on, my bonnet on, like, <laughs> all right, let's get to work. <laughs> um, you know, I've heard that's an entrepreneur pro tip because so many people work from home and they're just like, I'm not changing out of my pajamas. I don't have to. Right. <laughs> but sometimes that, that part of your routine really jumpstarts you. Yes, exactly. It really does. And then I'll, um, I've been listening to Sarah Jakes Roberts. She has like um, her sermons on YouTube. So I'll just play that and I'll do my devotion during that time as well. And um, just those processes, those, that time gives me time to just decompress, um, to get ready for all the tasks at hand. And after my morning routine is over, the first thing I do is my CEO time. So during that time, I list the top three things I need to do, the action steps that I need to do them in, and then I just get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I love that you schedule that time way in advance so you know nothing is going to interrupt my morning routine, even if it's an urgent email right. or, you know, crazy orders piling up. You have to be able to center yourself. Right. And um, uh, one thing that I've done, so I separate, I've been doing like a block schedule. So in the AM time is where I do my hard things, the things that have to get done, the uncomfortable things, mm-hmm. the things that will just make me want to pull my hair out. And then um, after my AM work, I have my lunchtime. And that's so during my AM work, unless I'm doing something like um, posting on social media or something like that, um, my phone is on screen time. So, mm-hmm. um, and I get tempted, I'll open my phone unlock it and I try to go to my messages and it's blacked out and I'm like what's going on oh wait <laughs> I told myself my phone is off um so during that time I really don't like to touch my phone just and I, it, it's crazy just try it once even if you're in mm-hmm. school even if you're a student do your screen time for like an hour or two hours while you're studying um see how much you get done I promise you because you don't even realize how often you touch your phone like you don't realize how often you get distracted you can go oh oh I got a notification on Instagram let me go check really quick and then mm-hmm. you've been on for 45 minutes scrolling for no reason. You don't even know what yes. you looked at. You couldn't describe this last five posts to me. Exactly. Um, so that's one thing that I've been implementing. And then I have my lunchtime. And that's, that time I can be on my phone. I can do what I want. <laughs> but as soon as 2 o'clock hits, um, my screen time's on again. And then I'm doing my PM work. So I'm answering mm-hmm. emails. I'm checking to make sure that orders are going through. Um, just the kind of lighter tasks that don't really demand as much uh, brain power as my am task um and then i have like my nighttime and that's and then it's a cycle <laughs> it just repeats. Yeah. <laughs> i love that and i think it's really important to set that time even if you're not a schedule driven person being mm-hmm. able to just block out a certain amount of time and you know mornings are, are my, my 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 brain time mm-hmm. where i'm like i have to put all my brain power into this right and i think my boss called it uh 
eating the frog. It's eat the frog time. Do yes, exactly what you do not want to do. Exactly. <laughs> let's get it done. Because the thing is, I remind myself, because sometimes, like I said, that subconscious starts to seep in. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then I'm like, I'll have that, that same talk with myself. And I'm like, sis, if you don't do this, then that doesn't get done. And if that doesn't get done, then it's all just going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. So, Domino effect. Yes. And it's like, that's something that I find really important. And it's just like reminding myself <laughs> that you got to get it done. Just like you said, eat the frog. <laughs> I really like that. And I mean, it's hard as an entrepreneur. It's hard as just a student, a a working person. So you have piled even more onto your plate and still managed to get through it every day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about your marketing and your graphics and just the way you promote is so colorful uplifting and definitely woke (laughs) so um okay so marketing let me start there um one thing that I realized is that even for me I'm subscribed to like forever 21 H&M their newsletters Mm -hmm. and one thing I really don't get in when I get the newsletters is that connection that mm. feeling of like this is where I want to be. This is where I want to stay. I like the vibe of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I started to do my newsletters differently. So on Mondays, I give out free um, playlists called Good Vibes. And Ooh, I like that. Week, um, <laughs> week is a different vibe. So some like my last playlist, I think it was like kind of like nineties, um, two thousands, but it was like slow jams, like. Um, Music Soul Child, Anthony Hamilton, Lauren Hill. Like, it was just very, like, poetic justice kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the week before that, <laughs> it was, like, Rico Nasty, Meg- <laughs> Megan Thee Stallion. Like, because I know that a lot of people have different, like, I my um, music is very diverse. Like, I listen to rock. I listen to hip-hop, R&B. Yeah. I'm an R&B kind of girl, though. If, you, if you're if you an R&B kind of person, I can vibe with you because I love me some R&B. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also know that there's so much diversity in, in like in black culture so um, and then on Tuesdays um, I give out tips for hair for natural hair um, and Wednesday I give out the free wallpapers you cannot get a uh, wallpaper unless you're subscribed so make sure you guys subscribe to our newsletter <laughs> because people will be like though because people will post on um, Twitter and Instagram like oh my god I love the new newsletter I mean the new wallpaper and then somebody's like, well, how do I get this? How do I get this? And I'm like, make sure you subscribe and you get the one next week. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I just want to create a community of people who, like, see themselves in all of my content. If you don't see yourself in my content, let me know so I can make you feel welcomed as well. You know, I really love that. And I love how you bring that diversity in there. I grew up in a predominantly white community. So not only did I have Caribbean and African and uh, r&b music for my parents but i also mm-hmm. had rock and, oh yeah you know the emotional music from all my friends so mm-hmm. seeing you represent not only the natural black girl but the black girl who wears braids or weave or the nerdy black girl yes. i mean it's so 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 important not only black girls but black boy joy you represent everything there is in the black community oh, i appreciate that like i Absolutely. just i just i think the thing for me is like i know what it feels like to be unheard And so even, like, when I would put out my, like, um, one of my shirts, one of the recent shirts is, like, the Good Hair Collection. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started off just with, like, a natural uh, puff. 
And then I posted it and somebody was like, uh, where are the dreads at? Uh, or where are the locks at? Uh, where is the straight hair? And I was like, y'all right. Let me get y'all too. <laughs> because I feel like there's, like I said, there's a box. People try to put black women and black men and black culture as a whole in a box of, oh, this is what it looks like to be black in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want everyone to be, um, like, feel recognized, to feel loved and to see themselves in all of my collections. Absolutely. I really love that mission. And that vision is going to make every single person feel included. And you just, everyone wants a t-shirt or a backpack or or a phone case that they can relate to. I mean, all the quirky phone cases you see out there, it's not going to hurt to put a little bit of Black promotion out in the world. (laughs) Oh, definitely. And it's crazy because even like my, so one of my most popular designs is the Black Girls are the Purest Form of Art. And um, it's crazy, though, because I get a lot of backlash for that design. Oh, I've seen. (laughs) And it's just like, it's crazy. I just, I'm so unbothered by it because it's just making you uncomfortable. It makes people uncomfortable to see Black girls loving themselves so hard. And that's not my problem. That's something I remind myself. Like, I got this email recently from this high schooler. And she's like, you're creating racism and you're driving the the mission forward by. And I'm like, I'm just, like, reminding Black girls how beautiful they are, how great they are, regardless of what they look like or their intelligence. You are just great. Your Blackness is great. And um, so whenever I get those kind of comments, I just ignore them. Because normally, 9 times out of 10, when you ignore people like that, they're not going to keep coming back. Because exactly. people want that attention. People want you to get upset. And yeah, I don't those even know you enough. Internet trolls. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know you enough to give you that energy. <laughs> I actually have a shirt coming out. It's like uh, the saying is, um, "My energy is too precious to entertain your mess." Like mm, when you start to that. value your energy, and when you start to value the amount of time and mentality that you give things, that's when you really notice what kind of things you should hold on to and what kind of things you should let go. Absolutely. And, you know, I have seen the backlash you received. And as much as you want to argue back and forth with these people and you you want to say, I I don't have time for the trolls. The simplest way to put it is Black Pride is not white hate. It's not hate at all. It's not hate towards anyone. I'm not thinking about nobody else but my blackness when I think my design. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people (laughs) don't realize. They think that because I definitely think that it is very it's a very tense time right yeah. now anything everybody says it just can be taken the wrong way can just be attacked and you know how social media works as soon as one like person sees it it just goes off from there however mm-hmm. um i just like i said remind myself of my passion why i'm doing this am i doing this to argue with people who this isn't for or am i doing it to let people know that the people who it is for that i hear them and that they have a space to talk about the things that they experience Exactly. And you know, arguing with trolls isn't going to further your brand, but that nope. idea you got from that one horrible email interaction, that is going to further your brand and further the movement that, I mean, it's hard to see people say that we're pushing a, a, a movement when we're really pushing self-love that these right. girls haven't seen in <laughs> magazines or in clothing brands prior to what 10 15 years ago and it's crazy because that's something that i always talked about when i started legendary roots is like i was the girl like i remember in third grade i told we had a substitute teacher like and that's like one thing i can say about the support we had a substitute teacher and he wanted us to write an essay about what we wanted to be when we grew up um i knew i was smart so i knew that like math and science it it always came easy to me but for some reason i was like i want to be a fashion designer (laughs) Mm. and the substitute came over to me we wrote our papers he came over to me he was like you need to rewrite this 
And I was like, and I was a kid. I got in trouble <laughs> because I had a smart mouth in the sense that <laughs> I wasn't bad. Like I never said any bad words, but you weren't going to tell me about myself if I didn't believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was like, this, it's not a good career. Like you're not going to make any money. And I basically told him I knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so <laughs> since then, I've always been like, you know, stern in the way I move, what I want. Um, I kind of forgot the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Go ahead. You know, we're here. And honestly, so many students I've heard speak about my teacher said I couldn't do this. My mm-hmm. teacher said I wouldn't live up to this. I mean, this is the importance of the positive words you're speaking out into the atmosphere that you're putting out on the internet, that you're putting on shirts and mugs and, and phone cases. People don't realize how powerful it is. You're combating years of ignorance and negativity. Yes, it's it's, it's sad. Um, so to wrap up, I really wanted you to tell us a little bit more about your mental health space. You said the Brave Space Project. Yes. So um, I started the Brave Space Project with my older sister, Jazz. That's my homie. <laughs> we do a lot of business <laughs> together um, just because we're close in age. She like, I can tell her something and she'll take it and like transform it into like a kind of like a big, huge thing. Like I can tell her, oh yeah, I wanted to do so-and-so. Well, you know what you should do? Take it, mm. flip it and turn it around and build it. <laughs> and so um, I like, maybe 2017 I came out with a self-care collection with things that said like self self-love is the best kind of love and it mm-hmm. gave the definition of what it meant to like you know love yourself and I realized that um self-care is just so important and not even in the sense of like bubble baths and like masks but like in the sense of having those discussions with yourself um mm-hmm. having that mentality check how am I feeling like am I depressed um how are the people that are, are keeping are, that I'm keeping around me making me feel? Um, and so what my goal is, is to eventually um, do like monthly meetups with black girls in Phoenix um, and just talk about the things that are we're dealing with right now. Talk about a specific topic, talk about relationships, talk about work. Like mm-hmm. even some of my friends, um, they um, are struggling because they're in a they're the minority in a corporation. And mm. they often feel alone and unheard because of the color of their skin, you know? And I want to mm. have those important discussions to let Black women know that they're not alone in that. You know, I really do love that because self-care is so important, not only in the Black community, but especially for Black women, because they uplift each other, they uplift their community, they uplift their men, their children. I mean, there's a lot of burden on our shoulders. So to be able to have a space where we discuss and recognize toxic environments, people, Mm -hmm. surroundings, there's so many things. I take a step back and I think, oh my gosh, that has been so toxic. I need to right. erase that for my life. <laughs> I, it's crazy because you don't realize how toxic things are until like you get a break from it or something happens where you don't have it and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. This is how this I was bad it. for me? <laughs> I think it's really great to create that. Yeah, I like, I'm excited for what, what the future holds. Like, I want to do a podcast. Um, but my main thing is just like creating a meetup space, um, mm-hmm. just to have that discussion. Like, I just feel like it's so important just to talk, just to talk and like have the bi- ability to talk because even like you said, like especially like mm-hmm. older women who are um, like who have kids, um, who are dealing with a lot at once. It's like they don't have that time and that space in that area just to like kind of decompress. 
and to vent about mm-hmm. all the things that they have to take care of. So I feel like it's important to have that space. Absolutely. And listen, let me know when you come to New York, <laughs> when you make your way over, oh, yeah, because I, I am ready. It's going to be one of my next stops, like New York, um, LA, um, New Orleans, just because not only do I have a lot of support there from Legendary Roots, but like, I know, I love the community of New York, just from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely like want to experience some of that. I probably, because I like only, I work full time. So I'm thinking about like planning a month long trip out to New York um, and just visiting and just seeing everything the city has to offer. So I'm definitely will have New York in my mind. Absolutely. We are going to welcome you with open arms uh, <laughs> because we need the Brave Space Project. <laughs> uh, so that is going to wrap us for our time. I don't want to hold you for too long. Um, do you have any other comments, questions, suggestions you want to give to the listeners out there? Um, no, uh, well, just keep keep going. Don't get discouraged. Um, and make sure you're having those internal dialogues because your mental health matters most. And um, when you're good, everything else works out for you. I love that. Thank you all so much for listening to my very first interview with Raven from Legendary Roots. Please go check out her website. It is simply amazing. That's legendaryrootswithaz.com. If you'd like to hear more of this podcast, please subscribe. We're available on several streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, and there will be new episodes every single Friday. Search Behind the Brand with Felicia Marie. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.